We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are welcoming Brian Field to the podcast. That name may or may not sound familiar to most of you guys, but he was a varsity high school basketball coach at Providence Day for 15 seasons, coaching some very good players over the years, but namely Grant Williams. Brian, thank you so much for joining BuzzBeat. How are you? Uh, doing great. Thank you for having me today, Richie. I'm looking forward to, uh, to talking to you a little bit more about Grant. Now, I know you retired from basketball coaching, but are you now coaching baseball at Providence Day? I, I did, yeah. Actually, um, I took uh, two years off from coaching, uh, mainly just to be a more present father. The, the demands of the right. job um, are, are a lot. And uh, as my kids were getting older, I was starting this more and more. Um, but the good news was uh, this spring, uh, neither of my kids are playing a sport, and so I, I hop back on, and I'm just helping out with the middle school team as the assistant coach. So it's been fun to be back around players again and, uh, you know, outside of the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're two very different sports. Like, baseball has much of a more of a, like, a laid-back feel, but I think there's a lot more strategy involved than I think people want to give credit for with baseball, especially, like, on the defensive end, too, so... All right. So I, I wanted to bring you on because of the Grant Williams connection, but I actually wanted to start this interview by focusing on you. When you were growing up, I'd have to assume that you were probably playing multiple sports, baseball, basketball, and kind of thinking about the playing aspect. But was there a point in your playing career that you started to think about the coaching side? You know, it, it's funny. Um, for me, it actually started when I was in eighth grade, um, which is, I actually feel pretty fortunate that I uh, at such a young age, knew kind of what I wanted to do with my life, which was to, to teach and coach. And so, um, well, yeah, while I was, you know, still playing throughout high school and then was fortunate enough to play Division three basketball in college. And, I, you know, in the back of my mind the whole time was, you know, try to absorb and soak in as much as I can so that, uh, you know, eventually someday I'd be able to become a coach. And it ended up being a great idea because I got injured my junior year and wasn't able to, to keep playing uh, my last two years of college, but I stayed on as a student assistant coach and just gained an incredible amount of experience and got to observe some really good coaches along the way, which set me up nicely to transition into, into that career as a high school basketball coach. Was high school like that level always the goal for you or did you ever consider going up or going down or was that just the sweet spot for you? 
It, you know, it's funny. I, I um, when I first started teaching, I, I had the opportunity to um, look at some college assistant coaching jobs and um, history as well. And I, I wasn't able to to give that up and to, to pursue college. And it ended up uh, being the right spot for me. I, I loved coaching high school age kids and um, it just, it worked out great. And as we you know started to have some more success around here at Providence day, there were a few more uh, college opportunities that were, were potentially going to present themselves, but I was really content where I was, um, especially I think, as a young father, um, the, the idea of being on the road recruiting as much as a college job would would uh, take was was not real appealing to me. So I love high school age and and just being around the guys and, and hopefully having an impact on them, helping them get to the next level uh, for those that wanted to, but also just trying to be a good role model and, and person for for all of our guys, whether they were going to go on and play in college or not. So. Yeah, that that family you know, aspect of it. You got to, you know, take that into consideration because I'm sure your, your wife probably wouldn't enjoy like you being on the road so much and, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Me and a coach's wife was brutal. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, even at the high school level, right. I mean, it's nonstop 365 days a year. And, and I, I can't imagine how I, you know, much more demanding a, a college job would also be. So. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, as a coach, like what were some of your like non-negotiables on both ends of the floor? Like if a player wanted to get playtime under you, like what did they have to, to do to make sure that they actually stayed on the court? Um, yeah, so I, I think um, our first was we, we really emphasized and, and tried to stress the importance of being a great teammate. Um, whether you were getting a ton of minutes or whether you were not getting a ton of minutes, we expected everybody to have a positive attitude, uh, to, to be you know someone who was all in with the program and, and all about trying to find ways to make the team better. So that was kind of our first non-negotiable was, was um, – be a great teammate um, for us. We were, you know, like a lot of coaches, we were very defensive minded coaching staff. And so we wanted guys who um, were not just good defensively, but were, were tough defensively um, and, and not afraid to, to go out there and, and um, you know, be aggressive on the defensive end. And so effort on that side of the ball was, was super important. And obviously you've got to be able to, to, you know, not make mistakes offensively to take good shots and, uh, kind of know your role on the offensive end, but 
for us, it, it really everything started with with being a great teammate, and and you know every day we talked about you know punching the clock when he got to practice and trying to find ways to get just a little bit better each day. And if we were doing that individually, um, it was going to add up collectively as a team as well. And, and we were very fortunate in my 15 years of coaching here that um, we had a lot of players that really bought into that, and uh, uh-huh. it was. It was a lot of fun to, to see them develop over time, and and uh, for those you know that went on to play at the next level, uh, it was neat to see them. You know, so many of our players got to college and were ready to to play right away as freshmen, um, which to me was uh, was rewarding to see. Like that, we were getting our guys ready to compete at the next level right away. And the feedback we got from college coaches was the the reason your guys are getting on the court so early is because. They, they understand how to play te- defense and they, they, they're bringing a lot of that toughness that college coaches like to see in their players as well. So, Yeah, I mean, you definitely see the toughness and, and Grant Williams as well. But I was uh, snooping around the Championship Productions website. And for those yeah. of you that aren't familiar with that, it's a site that like posts instructional videos for coaching. And they've got like high school coaches, college coaches and NBA coaches on there. And I saw you have like this DVD collection of where you were like detailing your four out offense. You guys had like this full court chaos pressure defense. I'm assuming based on those videos that you guys ran a very up tempo offense and up tempo defense, right? You know, it's interesting. We did. Um, and, and as we got better and better, um, and we started to play kind of what you, I guess would be considered more of a national schedule where we were not just playing local Charlotte teams, but going out and playing the, the Oak Hills and the, the Montverds uh, of the world. We, we realized that we weren't going to be able to press those guys very much <laughs> and, and stay in the game. And so we actually, um, as for Grant's senior year, and then after he graduated, we, we had a, a pretty good basketball player, a couple guys, uh, Devon Dotson mm-hmm. who went on to play at Kansas and Trey Wirtz who played at, at Santa Clara and then Notre Dame. And um, with those guys, we, we switched more to a back line um, and really tried to, to pack the, pack the defense in to keep the ball out of the paint and, um, and try to force contested jumpers. We, we felt like at the national level, that was going to give us the best chance to succeed. So it kind of shifted based on our personnel, but then also, um, as our competition got better in the events that we were participating in uh, were more high, high profile, we had to make some adjustments to, to try to stay competitive. So, and, and they worked out pretty well. Do you still get compensation off those videos selling on that site or do you have any idea? It is. It's funny. I, we get, it's not a lot. We get a, a little royalty from it. So it just depends from year to year, but yeah, there's still a little <laughs> bit of income that comes in every January, which is always a nice perk right after the holidays. So, all right, let's talk about Grant Williams. I'm sure you've had some good players to kind of come through your program. You just named a, a couple as well, but I'd assume Williams kind of ranks up, you know, up there for you. Top player, you know, top three. When he came to Providence Day, was he one of those guys like right away that just kind of popped or was he a player that had more of like a gradual climb? Um, so it's really, you can look at it two ways. One, um, on the court, I, clearly he was talented. Um, he wasn't in great shape when he came in as a freshman. Um, and and uh, so, you know, he had to learn how to um, play at a varsity level, uh, you know, and, and maintain that intensity, um, which was something we really had to work with Um with him, but that, that's a, that's a natural transition too that a kid's going to struggle with going from middle school basketball to uh-huh. right away as a freshman. He was starting on our varsity team, 
Um, but if, you know, as far as off the court goes, he was a natural leader from day one, which, you know, is kind of a funny dynamic when you have a ninth grader come in who's one of your most vocal leaders and is sitting there, you know, barking at the seniors, um, telling them what to do. And they're looking at him like, wait a second, you're a freshman here, what's going on? Um, but we loved it. Uh, you know, Grant was ready to step in and lead on day one and, and was a, a vocal guy in the locker room for us from day one. And, and like we said, he was on the court for us, but he really, um, you know, he had to get in a little bit better shape and understand what the intensity was, um, you know, of a varsity game. So, And so in 2016, you guys had a record of 30 and four, which obviously um, a very good record went on to win the state championship. And so I know that four losses isn't a ton, but I'm sure you guys probably experienced some hurdles along the way to get to states. I know kind of looking back, it's sometimes hard to kind of think of these memories, but do you have any stories from that championship season that you remember where guys faced adversity or you guys had some hurdles along the way and maybe how Grant Williams factored into that? Yeah, I mean, Grant from day one, you know, the, the, and him and, and as well as the seniors on, on that team who were, were very good players as well, um, Josh Ford, uh, who's Jawan's son, uh, went on to play at Brown, and Isaac Johnson had a great career up at Appalachian State. Those three seniors from day one were talking about, we're going to win a state championship. Uh, you know, back then, the, the big ESPN tournament at the end of the year, which 18 got a it was called Dick's Nationals. I think now it's Geico. But, um, you know, it was a big stage in New York. And they all had these, you know, grand visions of us getting that. Well, we opened up with, with Oak Hill and played them close, lost by, you know, I think they pulled away down the stretch and made some free throws in the last couple minutes to beat us by maybe 12 or 15. And then we turned around and lost the next day to a really good team out of West Virginia called Mountain Mission. And so we started the season 0-2. And um, and then, you know, got it rolling a little bit in, um, throughout uh, November and early December. And then we lost our third game of the season down at the Chick-fil-A Classic um, to a team out of Georgia. Uh, and I remember going into the locker room and saying, like, all right, guys, you know, get this whole idea of Dick's Nationals out of your head right now. Like, it, it's gone. We, it, we're not going there. It's, and so now let's really get down to focusing on getting better each day. Um and, and uh, you know, I think it was a wake-up call. And Grant kind of led the way with, you know, checking in every day at practice and, and let's try to get better. And I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was like we won our next 25 games. We didn't lose the rest of the regular season or the state tournament. And then that fourth loss came in. And we, we actually did qualify for Dick's Nationals after me giving the, the, the post-game speech saying, you know, it's over, we're not getting there. But I think once we changed our focus from, you know, looking at something that was going to happen in March and instead our focus shifted towards every day coming in and trying to get better, you know, great things happened for us when, and didn't lose again. And, and a lot of that I, I, I attribute back to those seniors, Grant, Josh, and Isaac, who um, really forced us every day and held, held their teammates accountable every day for just – concentrating on what needed to be taken care of that day to get a little bit better. So, uh, but, but there's, you know, there's tons of funny stories where, you know, with Grant along the way and his teammates, it was a very, there's still a super close uh, group of guys and stay in touch. And every now and then those, those text chains get uh, cranked up again. And it's, it's, you know, the, the stories that they're still laughing about is, 
well, you know, one of the best parts of being a coach is these memories that we got to create along the way that these guys now in their mid late twenties are still laughing about and remembering. And, and they've, they've made those relationships that, that maintain to this day. So. Yeah. So in Charlotte, you know, he's made this trade transition over to Charlotte. Like we see Grant as a guy that's like truly anchored the Hornets defense. He's been doing it a lot from like the center position. And mm-hmm. so like when you're playing him as an undersized center, you have to kind of overcome the lack of size in some other ways. What do you think it is about Grant that allows a coach like Steve Clifford to use him as the small ball five and still get good production where in, in some situations, like some guys just can't cut it at the small ball five? Yeah, I, I think one of the two, two, two things that Grant is really, really, really good at that I don't think are, um, you know, oftentimes brought up and, and, you know, when you're talking about players, one, his lower body strength is incredible. Um, he it is impossible to move. Um, and he, he does a great job of, uh, of getting in a good stance and leveraging, you know, his, his lower body strength to where it's, you know, if you, you've got him on the block, posted up it's really really hard to to back him down and push him under he's going to be able to hold his ground um and two his timing is incredible with uh, uh particularly on on for block shots or contesting shots he just for a guy his size um and he gets off the ground really quickly and has really impeccable timing when it comes to uh contesting and, and going to get rebounds so um i think those two things even though he's undersized and He's got decent size uh, wingspan, but even then, it's not overwhelming. You know, it's it's he's just a, a solid guy, and I also think he he's incredibly smart um, off the court, but then also on the court. He understands angles, he understands positioning. He he's usually a step ahead of a play and getting himself where he needs to be to put him, you know, put himself in the best position to defend and. You know, even in high school, he was night in and night out going against bigger. I mean, Bam Adebayo was one of our. We played him twice his senior year, and uh, you know that's who we ended up beating in the state championship game. And and Grant, you know, just was very comfortable guarding those guys. So it's it's nothing new. And then yeah, clearly at Tennessee, he was also undersized for what he was asked to do, and and it's you know still that way in the NBA. But I think he's he's carved out a good little role um, uh, where he's very versatile on the defensive end and can, can really guard one through five. So, Yeah, that definitely jumps off the page. Like he's he's undersized, but he's got the strength and he's got the natural like instincts to kind of see the play develop, you know, a couple steps ahead. And is, is there something about his game that you've been watching over the years that you feel like he needs to add, like a weakness that you feel like, okay, this will take him to the next step on the NBA level? Yeah, you know, the, the, it used to be he needed to be able to shoot the, the three and he clearly you know worked on that all through his time at Tennessee and continues to work on it uh, now at NBA every time he's back on campus during the summer working out he's you know getting up his, his shots I would say now just from a as a as a observer who just I love watching him play is putting the ball on the floor and being able to finish getting by somebody I think a lot of times now he puts it on the floor and it's I mean, he's looking to get, to get the ball moving off of his dribble penetration. So, yeah, but but who am I to say that? I'm just his old high school coach. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, we we also talk about like communication on the court. Like I I yeah. have seen like a visible like difference with the Hornets in terms of like you can't necessarily hear it, but you can almost just see Grant talking, and I think that yeah. plays a big role on defense and just getting the guys in the right position. And I think he's a good communicator on that end, but he also communicates in other ways, and he he likes to chirp at opposing players. We saw that sure. against the Warriors the other week. Has that always been a part of him in terms of like sticking up for his guy? and and uh, not being afraid to get into some a little bit of a trash talk on the high school level? 100%. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I, can't, I, I can't even begin to count how many times we said, Grant, please stop talking to the officials. <laughs> please stop. But, you know, it, it, it's also like Grant's the best talker that I ever coached. His, his communication skills are next level, and I think that's um, one of the reasons he's had so much success. You know, we, we – are constantly begging uh, high school players, talk more, talk more, right. talk more. You're going to get to college. They're going to want you to talk. Work on this skill. It's it's the same as ball handling. It's the same as passing, shooting. It's a skill you need to develop. And we never had to coach that with Grant. So it was kind of it was kind of hard because you you wanted to dial it back a little bit or, or make it more, I guess, efficient talk. Where instead of you know getting distracted by a bad call or mouthing off to the officials, just just focus on talking to your teammates, but that's always been Grant. And it's, you know, we laugh about it. It's one of the things that makes him special. And he, he also is a, like you, you mentioned, um, he's going to have his teammates back. And uh, I thought the other night in the end of that Warriors game, I, it, I didn't see it till the next morning. Right. But one of my friends texted right away and said, you know, did you see Grant? I, I thought, Oh, great. And and then once I realized he was running to get Miles's back, I was like, "That's that is Grant right there. Um, he's he's stepping in to to look out for a teammate." Which, again, you, you don't want to dial that back too much as a coach because it's it's great. It's what you want your guys to do. So. Yeah, I think it's a necessary trait for you know to a certain extent for every team to have a, a guy like that on their team. Do you have a ballpark of how many technicals he received at Providence Day or no? You know what is amazing? He, he didn't get a lot. Um, he, he knew when to back off. Um, I, I would bet in his varsity career he might have gotten maybe two or three. It oh, wow. You know, a lot. Well, yeah, it wasn't a ton. But, but we were all so clear, like, what our expectation was. So he was never going to cuss out an official mm-hmm. um, or, or anything you know, of that nature. It was just more of non-stop chatter so uh, which you know there were times we were like Grant please please stop talking um but that's just who he is and it's it's what makes him really special too he's one of the more likable people you'll ever meet in your life all right final question I've got for you and I'm not sure how often you and Grant still communicate uh but have you reached out to him since the trade and maybe talked to him about his time in Dallas versus like you know, coming home and you know, maybe not working out in Dallas, but maybe this new opportunity here in Charlotte leaves uh, room for growth for him. Yes. Yeah, so Grant and I are, are still incredibly close and, and uh, you know, talk or text um, pretty routinely. And uh, so, uh, the, the yes, we've, we were actually texting the day of the, the trade deadline, right, as it had approached. And then, I got to see him uh, two weeks ago, right for the All Star break, um, real quick uh, during uh, the Indiana game, and then uh, we've texted since. But I, I, I have tried to, um, especially with this transition back to Charlotte, is try to give him his distance to right. get settled here, give him his space, and you know, so I think the plan is he he obviously had All Star break, and then uh, right to a long road trip. But I think the plan is for us to 
try to get together next week once they're back in town and settled in a little bit. And um, I, I don't think people realize how incredibly busy those guys are during the season. I think they, they're like, I oh, just show up and play two hours a, a game. And I mean, his schedule is insane how much stuff he's got going on. And um, the cool thing is, is like though his foundation that he runs um, his family foundation. So his mom, his dad and his brothers run it for him and they were on campus yesterday doing a partnership between uh, middle school students here at Providence Day and middle school students on the west side of town got together went out to UNCC together to do some uh, coding and engineering projects together so he's he's still around in such a huge part of this campus and it's been neat that kids who go to school here now who weren't even on campus when Grant uh, was here think of him as like one of their own in the school. It's just, you know, when I got out of assembly uh, the day of the trade, uh, I, I hadn't looked at my phone. I get out of assembly and there were like 150 text messages from people just so excited that Grant's back in town. And um, so he's going to do great here. And I, I think it's going to be a really good fit. And I, I don't have any juicy details on what happened in Dallas, but uh, <laughs> I hope to, Hope to you know maybe find out a little bit more um, when we get up next week. So yeah, it's one of those things where you know he seems like a guy that will always take pride in, in in his work, but I think maybe coming back home, like there's like an extra sense of pride. Like obviously since Seth Curry came over too, so that's pretty cool sure. to see two guys from Charlotte come back to their hometown and play. And um, yeah, so I, I definitely appreciate your time, Brian. I know you've got to get going. I've got to get going. But thanks so much for the insight. Yes, sir. It's great talking to you, and I appreciate you having me on, Richard. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.